how they have uh, just every time raised the bar. Great job. Thank you, Sonia. And we're going to thank them one more time. But we're going to begin a sermon series this morning, thoughtful on time and also the children being uh, on the platform tonight. As far as the length of the message, it'll just be a brief introduction. Why do we call this, let's stay away from the word sermon. Sermon's kind of a scary word because it usually means, you know, 35 or 40 minutes. Let's just go with this thought. This is a softer approach. Let me give you a devotional thought this morning. Everybody feeling better? Everybody feeling better about the devotional thought? Okay. <laughs> Here's the devotional thought. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and, and, and it's this thought. It's the idea that if you want to give something for Christmas, why don't you give what Jesus gave? You see, what Jesus gave for Christmas was he gave love. Love. And that's what that's how Christmas is spelled. It's spelled L-O-V-E. E. The children sang about it this morning so wonderfully and eloquently when they said that a virgin should conceive and bear a son. And that son's name was Jesus and he is what Christmas is all about. And so we want to talk for the next couple of weeks about this thing of love. And really love is John 3.16. That's what Christmas is. It's for God so loved the world. That he gave. What did he give? God gave his only begotten son. God gave Jesus. He gave Jesus. And when he gave Jesus, he gave a gift. And that gift was the gift of love. And love is expressed most most perfectly, if you will, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. In fact, verse 1 really addresses the the introduction of uh, our first thought. And that is this, the, the value of love. And the value of love begins really with this speaker this morning. Because it says, though I speak. If you look at verse 1, you'll see that I can, I can quickly look at myself this morning and ask myself the question, am I speaking with love? Or am I speaking as sounding brass and tinkling cymbal? You know, is this a pastor with love this morning? Or is this doctor sounding brass or doctor tingling cymbal? truth of the matter is, is I do not want to be guilty of, of preaching without the greatest gift, and that's the gift of love. And so Jesus immediately begins to talk to us about this thing of speaking, of, of, of waxing eloquent, of saying all the right words, but not saying them with love. He says, if you don't have charity, that's what you sound like. You sound like sounding brass or tinkling cymbal. And so as we look at the value of love, we understand there is no substitute for love. None whatsoever. Let's look at some of these other things as well. Notice in verse number 2 it says, And though I have the gift of prophecy. Everybody seems to like prophecy, right? You announce a sermon series on prophecy, and everybody wants to know, What does this guy know that I want to find out? Prophecy. The end times. Oh, he's going to tell us what, you know, what the third finger on the, on the big toe in Revelation means. You know, or the third finger the third finger on the big toe yeah the third toe on the big finger okay that's about what it is by the way if you ever read revelation and thought what in the world are they talking about and then somebody says i know what they mean and then you show up and say oh they're going to tell us something we've never heard before this is going to be awesome prophecy you announce a sermon series on love and nobody gets excited more people show up for prophecy than they do love and yet here's what the scripture says it says very clearly and plainly That though I have the gift of prophecy and I understand all knowledge, all mysteries, all knowledge. I'm a really smart guy. I understand everything. I mean, I've got it together. I understand some things. I'm a smart guy. I I, I know this and I know that. 
So here's a guy with a lot of knowledge. Here's somebody who knows the, the future. And then it says, and though I have all faith. Here's a gentleman that has so much faith that if he looked at West Mountain behind me, he could say, move mountain. And the scriptures say his faith is so enormous that the mountain begins to move. So let's put this guy together because he's pretty awesome. He knows the future. He's really smart. He knows a lot of things. And he's got enough faith to move mountains. I'm impressed. And yet the scripture says if he has not love, guess what he is? Nothing. He's worthless. He doesn't have the greatest gift. He doesn't have the greatest attribute in Scripture. And so you see, sometimes as we look at these things and we feel as if, you know, what matter, what does it matter if someone can move mountains if they, if they cannot remove bitterness? What good is it if someone can move mountains if they cannot remove hatred or anger in their hearts towards one another? You see, I'm finding out today in 2015 that there's churches fill, filled with people who know a lot of Scripture. They know a lot of things, but they don't seem to have love. And so therefore, we're not effective. We're nothing, according to the word of God. The value of love. And then notice it says that in verse number, as we move along in verse 3, it says, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. Wow, this is what Christmas, uh, part of Christmas and Thanksgiving is feeding the poor. We just fed a lot of folks on the streets and in our community. And we're talking next Saturday night at 6 p.m. after the program. Uh, we're, we're trying to get folks that will go out and buy some gifts for those who are less needy or, or, or more needy than us. And, and, and let's give Christmas to them. So we're going to take care of people and we're going to give to people. The Bible speaks of this here. It says, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned. Here is someone who's willing to be a martyr for what they believe in. Seems as if our world is filled with people who worship a God of Islam and are willing to give their lives, blow themselves up. Here's what the scripture says about that. The scripture says, though someone is even willing to do that, if they don't have love, and believe me, there is no love in that, then they profit nothing. God is not necessarily looking for those who will die for the faith, but those who will live for the faith and show that living by loving. You see, that should be on the screen. Living by loving. I want to ask you this question this, this morning. Are you willing to live for God? You know, people talk about their willingness to die. God says, wait a minute, don't give me that. I don't want to hear about your martyrdom. I don't want to hear about your willingness to die. If you're not willing to love people, if you're not willing to, to live your life in such a way that it magnifies the love of God, Christmas is spelled love. L-O-V-E. This is the value of love. And then notice the virtues of love. Notice some of these incredible traits that I know many of you will nod your heads. I, I know my wife will, will nod her head on this first one. Charity suffereth long. Charity is patient. It's very kind. So Carol Ann says, that's right, honey. You better listen to your own preaching. Right? How many of you would like to have to do what I do every week, and that is tell everybody what the Bible says and then have to try to live it in my own home? You know what I mean? Go home and say, well, point number three, you need to work on that one, honey, you know. I gotta work on this one Love is patient And patience produces kindness Someone said if you don't have much patience Just go ahead and be honest and say I don't have much love Just be honest Just say it 
If you're low on patience, you're low on love. That's what Scripture teaches. This is, love. this is what love is. Love is, is a virtue, and the virtue of love oftentimes is seen in our patience, in our kindness. Notice as the Scripture goes on in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 to say some other things about this virtue. It says, charity envieth not, love envieth not. Love is not jealous. Love is able to praise others. Love is able to give credit where credit is due. Even if you're not the one that deserves the credit, who cares? That's not what love is. Love is more concerned about someone else getting the credit, you see. I love that. I love that. This is so beautiful in Scripture here as it describes what Christmas is all about. Notice it also goes on to talk about that love is humble. It says that charity or love vaunteth not itself. It doesn't brag about itself. It's not puffed up. Love is humble. You see, pride and love cannot dwell in the same heart. Those who understand love are able to say, I am sorry often and please forgive me. Those are words of someone who understands love. I I understand that sometimes I'm wrong. And when I am wrong, I know how to say I'm sorry. I know how to say the words, please forgive me. This, my friend, is what love is. And then we think about, thirdly, the victory of love. The value of love. And and then the the, the victory, uh, the virtue of love. And then finally, the victory of love. Because truly, when you understand love, love brings victory it really does notice in verse number eight of our text it says that love first corinthians 13 verse 8 charity love never fails i love that there's a whole lot more we can read there but just i really want to to produce the the main thinking of this of this out of those three words love never fails love is eternal it will never pass away this has the, 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 the idea of love lasting forever. That, that love is more important than education. Love is more important than ability. Love is more important than money. Love is more important than handsome looks. How many of you guys are glad for that at age 50? Yeah, I know, because you know what? Some of you guys come to my office, and the first thing you always say is, what a nice office. And then right after you say that, you say this. Is that you up there, preacher? It's a picture of me when I was 25 with my beautiful wife, who was still as beautiful as she was when she was 25. It's a little different for me, because I had a head of hair back then. And all of you seem to love to point out the fact, is that you up there? You know, I didn't recognize you. You had hair back then, you know? And you guys go into this incredible long explanation of how you really didn't mean it to sound that way, but you did. And you know you did, and I have bitterness in my heart that I need love to remove right now. I'm bald, and it's not coming back, you know? And I don't look like what I used to look like. And people now are asking me, so what's the deal with the stuff on the side of your head? Preacher, give it up. Let it go, you know? I can't seem to do it, you know? (laughs) Oh, love is more important than handsome looks. And I'm so thankful for that because, listen, if my wife loved me just because of the way I looked at 25, I'd be in sad shape today. But thank God, love never fails love lasts love is eternal it's more important than all of these things because all of those things pass away and then we think about our church here gospel light what do we want our church to be known for i want this church to be known primarily and i know you do too 
primarily for the gospel it preaches and the love it shows. The gospel it preaches and the love it shows. Our church needs to be famous for the gospel and famous for love. Famous for those things. I mean, that's what this church is known for. That's what people need to feel when they come into this place. And, and that's what we want folks saying about this place and about us. Is that, you know, one thing about that, you know, that, that church is they, they sure love you there. You can just feel the love when you walk in the door. And they're so friendly. And, and they're just, it's just an amazing place because of its love. May it not be the message first mentioned, you know, boy, the, the preacher waxed eloquent. What does verse 1 say? Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, who cares if I speak a great message if we don't have love? If what we're known for is this, is this great speaker or this great musician or this great uh, orator, who cares if we don't have love? That's what Scripture teaches in Matthew 22 I have that verse for you on the screen because I want you to see it. It says that Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Because this is the first. But, but wait a minute. It's not just the first. It's the great commandment. And by the way, the second is just like that one. It's this. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then I love this because this, this is really where the rubber meets the road. Because on those two commandments... Loving God and loving others, you can hang everything else on that. All of it. You know, sometimes I, I don't feel so theological when I preach. Sometimes I don't feel so brilliant when I preach. I, sometimes I think I, I wish I could know more. And, and, and sometimes I'm just like you when I read the book of Revelation. I'm like, good night, I can't figure this out. And I read the Old Testament, I'm like, man, I sure like the book of John better. You know, I struggle with some of that too. I don't understand all of it. There's mysteries in the word of God. There's big words. There's a lot, of, there's a lot in there that I don't quite get. But this makes me feel so good because I can love God and I can love others. And those are the two main things. Everything else you can hang on. Those two things. Loving God and loving others. Christmas really is spelled L-O-V-E. And then what about our testimony? The greatest testimony to reach this city for Jesus is our love. That's what makes the strongest impression on people. Would not you agree? In fact, Scripture agrees with this in John 13, 35. When it says that by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. This is how you'll know. This is it. If, if you have the nicest church auditorium in town. That's a quote. Doesn't say that. But if it did, if it did say that, you know what I'd do? Right now, I'd say, let's remodel this building. We got to fix this thing because this is how the community knows. We got to make sure we have the best building in town because, what? If it said this, but this shall all men know that you are my disciples. If you have a new car and a big house, that's how they know. And I'd suggest we all go out and figure out a way to get us a new car and buy us a bigger house because we want the world to know. Amen. Let's do it. If it said, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples, if you dress really good, really nice, with awesome clothes, expensive clothes from really nice places, then I would suggest we all go out this afternoon and let's, let's buy nicer clothes. But it doesn't say that. And I'm thankful it doesn't. It says, by this shall the whole world know that you're my disciples if you love each other. If you love one another. That's incredible, isn't it? We can show Hot Springs, Arkansas, the love of God by loving one another. 
We can show the city that God is on the throne, that He is real, that He is the, the Savior of the world if we love one another. And then, love is our greatest motivation. Our love should motivate us. I want you to know why I'm here this morning. It's not just because, you know, I'm the pastor and this is what the pastor does. Because I don't always feel like doing this. And I don't always feel like being a good dad. And I don't always feel like loving my wife like I should. I don't always feel like doing all these things that I should do because I know that I should do them. So sometimes I find that it is 2 Corinthians 5.14 that that does it for me. And it says this, that the love of Christ constraineth us. It's the love of Christ sometimes that motivates me and inspires me to keep going. It's not always, it's not always these other things. Sometimes it's just simply, you know, Eric, if you love God, if you really love him, then this is what you're going to do. You're going to keep his commandments. But sometimes I don't feel like it. But do you love God? Yeah, I do love God. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. Let's do the right thing. It's the love of Christ that motivates us. It's the love of Christ that constraineth us. It's the love of Christ that's causing these kids to sit up here so good. Amen. You guys love Jesus, right? And so you're saying, you know what? I'd much rather be somewhere, you know, where I could be in children's church. But you know, hey, we love God so much, we're going to sit up here and listen to preacher talk about things we've never heard before, right? (laughs) I love this, don't you? And then finally, in closing, you know, it's the love of God that confirms our salvation. It is. It's interesting to note this, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, it makes a very interesting application. Get this now, and I'll close. Last thought. We know that we have passed from death unto life. So this is how we know that we were, we are no longer dead in our sin, but we are now alive unto Christ. This is how we know it. We know we've passed from death to life because we love. That's how we know. Not because we know the Bible. Not because we're really smart. Not because we're rich. Not because we're poor. Not because of anything else other than because we love. We know we're saved because we love. We love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. I, I, you know, I don't know, I don't know why I need, need to further explain that i don't know i don't know how to say it any other way i don't know how to say it better i don't know how to make it more real i mean it's so simple you know you're saved if you love people but but if you don't love people you're not saved and then it goes on to say whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer wait a minute i'm not going to kill my brother but the bible says no, no, no. It, it, when you hate your brother, you, 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 it's compared to killing him. Hate's an awful thing. Because you see, you know that you, no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Someone who hates does not have eternal life abiding in them. Does it ever blow you away when someone's able to say, like, have you ever wondered how someone can say to someone in a in a courtroom, someone who is responsible for killing their loved one. Have you ever wondered how those folks in in Carolina said when that man killed their loved ones in that church service, how they said in the courtroom, sir, we love you and we forgive you. How do you do that? Only one way you do that when you have eternal life, when Jesus Christ abides in you. It's incredible. 
I mean, surely we can love one another if they can love someone who killed their loved ones. Love is awesome, isn't it? And this is what's going to be our study for the next couple of weeks, love. L-O-V-E, Christmas spells love. And love is our greatest motivation. So this Christmas season, let's do what Jesus did more than anything else. Let's love. You know, I was at Starbucks the other day and, and, and I heard somebody say, Hey, we just had somebody pay for the guy behind him. Here it goes again. I said, what's going on? And they said, well, every time that happens, we just always announce it. In other words, the, somebody at the window paid for the person behind them. I said, that's pretty cool. Says that happen often? They said, well, the record is 22 straight. 22 straight's the record so far. I thought, praise God, man, that, that's awesome. It, it just sort of warms your heart to know that there's still people in our community that just are willing to, to give and love. And tomorrow we've got a great opportunity to love on the Carnies. That's a tough day for the Carnies, isn't it? Isn't it great to know now that churches in our city are finally loving one another? You know the way that I put it? I put it it's like getting saved all over again. It's just incredible. It's like finding out, wait a minute, I was missing out on this? I mean, for all those years when, when I didn't have fellowship with these other churches and when I wasn't praying with all these pastors, what was I thinking? What was wrong with me? And God said, you just didn't understand love like you understand it now. And isn't it awesome? And I'm like, God, you're so incredible. This is, there's nothing like love. Nothing like loving the brethren. It's the greatest thing. It is showing our city that Jesus is Lord. Let's bow our heads, shall we? And with heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, I'm just going to take a moment.